Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. And it came to pass as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake Gannett and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered in one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed to him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into deep and let, nets, let down your nets for a draw. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night, we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned upon the, their partners who was with them in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw it. He fell down at the, Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken... And so was also James and John, the son of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Amen. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you tonight. Lord, we just ask you to touch our hearts, open our minds. Lord, help us to apply the word to our life, Lord, that we need. And Lord, we just praise and praise you and give you the honor and glory in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I have preached from these verses here before. I preached it twice here, I know of. Uh, one, I preached on a message called a, uh, From Empty Nets to Sinking Ships. I remember that. And then another one I preached called Deepest Waters with God. And this is why I love the Word of God. Uh, because you can go back to the same chapter, the same scriptures, and same verses, and God will show you something renew. It's like God refreshing. God will point out something that uh, uh, it was great. It, it was a great miracle we just read about here. And God can take a servant who is weak in faith, a weak in body, and has a broken net, and still do a, a, a multitude of things with him. Uh, you, you see, this is God tonight that, that has stood the test of time when everything else goes uh, according, going wrong, when you saw all get wrong and all in your life. Uh, I'm glad that the God that shows up and does something that no man can do and no man can take the glory for it, but it's all that. You have to stand back and say, that was God. Yeah. That was God did that. God, he's our faithful God. That's our God who created the world. The God who saved our souls. The God that one day very soon is coming back to take us home. And only God can do things like that that we just read about. But I want to look in verse number 6 tonight. When it said they done this, they increased a great multitude of fish and their net break. I want to preach tonight on brokenness. You know, the world we live in to think very little of broken things. We have, live in a throwaway society today that if it's broken, just get rid of it. 
If something breaks uh, today at your house, you run down to the nearest store and buy a brand new and don't think nothing about it. We've done that. But I can remember a time when something broke in your home. Uh, uh, you sit around and you try to fix it on your own. You didn't have the money to go buy a new one. You sit there and tittle with it until you got it to running. You put some Band-Aids on it. You build it up with some wire. And, and you got it going so it uh, kept going until it broke again. Then you do the same thing over. I remember a time when you just didn't run down and buy something new. I, I thank God that when we get broken, He just doesn't throw us away and says, I'll go get another one. Amen. I'm glad that God takes the time to mess with our lives and get us right with Him. He says, I can fix that brokenness. I can fix that. I'm glad that we have a God like that. When we look at the Word of God, we find that He delights in broken things. People, uh, a matter of fact, he, he can't really use you. He can't really do anything with you until He totally breaks you. Until he gets you down to your knees and you say, Lord, I am broken and I'm undone. I need you in my life. He cannot use you until he gets you to that point. That's when God can use you. When you're broken, you're undone. That's when he can get the most of our lives. I'm glad God doesn't throw things away like we do. I'm glad he doesn't give up on people too quickly like we do. I'm glad that he's the great restorer, the great mender. Some of you tonight, you can have testimonies in your life. In fact, you can remember the time that when you was broken, when you needed mending, God came to your life and mended you. Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? You're glad he didn't turn his back on you. He said, I can still do something with that man. I can still do something with that woman. I am so glad that God still uses broken people tonight. And we see the people in this story. There was a crowd of people that were pressing upon him. You know what that tells me? Even in the world that we live today, in church world, if you just hang out and you want to make much of Jesus, you're going to have the right crowd around you. The problem is, a lot of times, we don't make much of Jesus in the church anymore. We don't make much of Jesus in our life anymore. And we start hanging out with the wrong crowd, and the wrong people start coming in. When you start making much about Jesus, you're going to be around the right crowd. This people were pressing on Him. They want to hear the Word of God. You make much about Jesus you'll find that you're in the right crowd tonight. If your preaching and singing is all about you, people might sit there and listen for a while, but sooner or later, they're going to get up and go. If it's all about what I can do, what I can say, they can only take so much of it. But if you make much about Jesus, the right crowd will hang around. We see their purpose is said the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God. Now here you have the word preaching the word. I, I can't find anybody more qualified to preach the word than the word of God in the word. Amen. Yeah. Himself. 
They didn't come to hear the singing, although it is good. Uh, they didn't come for the fellowship, all that is good. Uh, they didn't come to have dinner on the ground, and all that is real good. Uh, they came to hear the word of God. Yeah. The preaching, the word. Today, so many of our churches today, so many of our ministries today have gotten away from preaching the word of God. They have put the emphasis on other things. But I want to tell you, when all other things have failed, preach the word of God. Stick to the book, and you'll have the right crowd around you. We see the provision in verse 2 when he saw the ship standing by the lake, uh, uh, but the fishermen were gone, and out of them they were washing their nets. Do you realize the Lord had a need right here? There was a need. He, he's trying to preach to these people, and in mind, I, I see them backing him up towards the water edge. And, and can I stop and say the water didn't have a problem? There, the water was not a problem for the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that. Uh, I, I, we've heard about he parted the waters, and they walked on dry ground. Uh, he could have parted the water. We've read where he walked on the water. He could have walked on the water. But here he had a need. There was a need. Can I say Jesus will meet your need tonight no matter what it is. He is faithful to provide for his children. And I'm glad he's able to do what he said he will do. We, we see the pulpit. You say, there's a pulpit in this? Yes, there is. And he entered one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out in the, from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. He didn't need no big fancy pulpit, amen. Uh, like this, there's something wrong with a, a, there's nothing wrong with having a nice pulpit. Uh, it, it didn't, he didn't need something fancy. He just preached the Word of God. And let me just say this, you just preach the Word of God. It doesn't matter whatever ministry you're in. You, you don't have to have a pulpit. You can go to the nursing home and, and preach in the nursing home. You can go to prisons and preach in the prisons. Or you can go down to the street corners and preach on the street corner. Wherever God has called you to preach, just preach right there. You don't need a thick, fancy pulpit. I've seen some pulpits that make, make this church ashamed. They're so big among us. If you have a desire to preach the Word of God, you'll preach where God has put you at to preach. Too many people want the attention today. Look at me. Look where I stand. Look what I do. No. I want to show you three things with this chapter here to help you tonight. Try to encourage you tonight. Maybe God will do something with us tonight. If we see the Savior's command... Verse 4, now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your net for a draw. Now, can I say this command was progressive? In verse 3, thrust out from the land. Verse 4, launch out in the deep. And then he said, let down the net. Jesus said nets. There's a progression to what 
he was saying the Lord was working in their lives. Can I say this? There is a progression of what God does in our life. When you get saved, uh, uh, God will get you to a point uh, in your life. He'll bring you along. Uh, but sooner or later, he says, you know what? Uh, you've got to step out a little deeper in the water. You can't just wave around on the sideline. Uh, you've got to get a little deeper in the water. You've got to come further out. Uh, and let me just say this. It's in the deep water where you find Jesus Christ at. Uh, that's when you can get really close to him. It's in the deep water. Too many of us like to hang around the shore line and Jesus is beckoning them go out a little deeper go out a little deeper get deeper down that's what he's trying to tell some of us we need to get out a little deeper he wants us to grow little by little it's a progression that he has now thank God he has the patience to work with us tonight There are some that are trying to reform their own life. They're trying to turn over a new leaf. You're trying to do all these things, but you'll never thrust out a little deeper until you start trusting Him. Until you put your faith in Him, until you put your trust in Him, you'll never step out into the deep waters. It might just be a good night just to get in tonight into the deep waters. It's a whole lot easier living a Christian life when you're saved and in the deep waters trusting the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. After you've been born again, there comes a time that the Lord will say, don't you want to come out and get closer to me? Why don't you come out and get a little closer for me? This thing... It points to sanctification. Sanctify yourself. We, we overlook sanctification today. We overlook it and say we don't want no part of it in our church. They, they get saved, but they put down, uh, start uh, putting themselves to work, and they never teach them about the Word of God, know them, show them, tell them about the Holy Spirit. They never sanctify you, never set yourself aside. We've got to set ourselves aside. The only way to get... Sanctified is get closer to Jesus. Step out in the deep. Get out in the deep. To have a spirit-filled life serving God. We're broken. Then he said, let down the nets. That speaks of your service tonight. Your service. There comes a time in the life of a believer where the Lord's going to say, now... I want you to work for me. I need you to do something. I want you to do something in the service for me. I want you to go where I want you to say something. I, I need you to do something for me. There's nothing more rewarding than serving your Lord and giving your life unto Him. There's nothing more rewarding than that. We find that. We see that his command is progressive. We see that his command is a peculiar command. Most fishes are caught at nighttime. I don't know if anybody is a fisherman. I didn't think there was. Because we have no fish fry. Most fish are caught at nighttime. And here they're just, just finishing up. The, they're doing their work. 
And the hearer of the Lord says, it's the daytime, let's go out in the deep water. You say, why would the Lord do that? These people are professional fishermen. They know what they've been doing. They know how to fish. They've been doing it all their lives. This was their job. They're no stranger to fishing. But the Lord is trying to get them to quit relying on the things of the natural and start looking at things at the supernatural. See, a lot of times we look at the things in the natural life and say, you know, God can't do that, God can't do this. But God said, you need to step out of that natural realm that you're in and start seeing with a spiritual eye. And with the spiritual eye, I can show you some things that you've never seen before. See, the problem is Bible colleges, they producing these people. They teach them how to do it. They show them how to do it. But they never give them a spirit-filled life, the Holy Ghost. They don't tell them nothing about the Holy Ghost. And when they get the people there, they don't know how the Holy Ghost works. I've seen it. They need to see a supernatural power of the Holy Ghost working in their lives. And each and every one of us can say, I've seen God work in my life. I've seen what the Spirit of God can do. I've been touched by the Spirit of God. I've seen where He's brought me from. And I know where He's taken Him to. Every one of us can stand and testify, God has done this, and I know it could nobody else do it but God. I'm here to tell you, He still has the power to do that. He still can do great things, mighty things. He still can bring homes back together, can bring marriages back together. He can still bring the prodigal son back home. If he would just look at him and trust him. Too many times we operate in the flesh and in the know-how. We don't see much from it. But a lot of times he'll pull us, put us in a situation then we need to stop looking at flesh and my ability and watch him work. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that where God had to put you a place where you could say, it was only God. I'd have never made it through if it hadn't been from God. We've all been there. It might have been peculiar, but it was possible. Remember, Jesus created the water. Jesus created a fish. Jesus created Peter. Jesus created the ships. Jesus made it all. So when Jesus made it all, it's all possible for him to do what he did. Sometimes God puts us in that peculiar situation. No matter what he asked of us, it is possible if we just look to him and see his Savior's command we see Simon's complaint that's that's where we at today I have never heard so many whining complaining from Baptists in my life than we have today verse 5 Simon answered and said unto him Lord master we have told all the night and we have taken nothing 
You object on the basis of the fact that they were fatigued. Let me just say this. If you're full time in serving God, there's going to be times God is going to call you to do something. You might just worked a hard day. You might have been doing all things all week long and you think, well, Saturday morning, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get me some rest. But all of a sudden, the Spirit of God will come upon you and He taps you on the shoulder and said, hey, I need you to go this. I need you to go there. I need you to go pray with them. And you say, Lord, I just don't feel like it. I've worked all week long. I'm tired. Peter said, we toiled all night long. I'm fatigued. I don't want to do this now. I don't want to do this. God's going to ask to do something to you when you just don't feel like doing it. Your body is completely worn out. Yet, there's still a job to be done. You think, really, can I do this? I'm telling you, if you looked unto Him and trust in His power and the Holy Spirit, He will enable you to do what God has called you to do. God will equip you. He ejects on the grounds of failure. We have told all night and have taken nothing. He said, we've been at it all the time. We're tired. We haven't gotten anything to show for it. It's a disappointment. You know, it's a disappointment when you do something all day long, you try to get something done, you have nothing to show for it. They fished all night long. Here come the morning time. They have not one fish to show for it. We know what it's like to be disappointed. Work all day, have nothing to show for it. We know what it's like. And Peter is saying that. There's no results of what I've been doing all night long. Maybe you've been knocking on somebody's door and inviting them to church and it just seems like there's no results. You keep going back, keep going back, you're handing out tracts, but you're not seeing the results like you think you should see. Should you stop? No. Just keep going. Just keep on going. Keep on singing, keep on preaching. There have been plenty of times I've preached that I just did not feel like it. I said, Lord, I, 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 I don't feel like doing the prayer. I don't feel like being. I don't feel like it. He says, well, you still got to do it. It's your job. You've got to do it. You don't feel like singing. You don't feel like witness. You don't feel like knocking on somebody's door. Just do it. The job needs to be done. Just do it. But if you look under Jesus, he will give you the strength to do what you need to do when God has called you to do what he's called you to do. And no doubt Peter's thinking, I'm tired already. Why should I do this again? We say the same thing. Lord, I've done that one time before. Why should I do it again? Why do you want me to keep asking that person to church? Why do you keep wanting me to pray for that person? I don't see the results of it. It's not our job to give the results. Peter said, I, I've done this all night long. I don't feel like doing it anymore. You know what makes a big difference? 
get this, what makes a really big difference is when Peter and him was out that night, Jesus was not in the boat. Big difference is the day Jesus is in the boat. Anytime Jesus is in the boat with you, things are going to happen. You're going to see the results because he's going to cause the results. But a lot of times we like Peter, we go out at nighttime. We ain't even thinking about Jesus. We don't have it on our life. We don't have it on our mind. And you ain't going to get nothing done. But when he comes out, he says, now, boys, let's go out and do it the right way. Let's do it my way. Amen. We see his obedience. He said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. We see he has respect for the Lord here. He's already sold up. Lord, I, I, I don't have much faith. I'm worn out. My body's tired. But nevertheless, at thy word, even in his weakness, he still had enough respect for the Lord. He said, I will do something for you. Maybe your faith was a little weak tonight. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're worn out. You've worked all week long and you just want to lay down and take a nap. Uh, your body is giving up and uh, you're getting older. You're not as young as we used to be. Praise God about that. Amen. I'm closer today to home than I was yesterday, but my body is telling me it won't be long now. We're not as young as we used to. And, and sometimes we just say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm wore out. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will do something for you. And I want you to get this now. This is, this is where I want to get to mainly tonight. His obedience was partial. The Lord commanded him in verse 4, let down your nets. Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. You know, it's good attention. It's good to pay attention to the, every detail of what God tells you to do. This is the different ways I've heard this situation preached on. Partial obedience is total disobedience. Can I say partial obedience is better than no obedience at all? I got to think about that. It's not the best obedience, but let me tell you, it's better than having no obedience whatsoever. God, st God still took the net that he threw. Even though when it was broken, God still used the net that Peter threw in. And even though God said throw the nets, he said I'll throw the net. God still used the net that Peter threw out. That tells me God can use partial your disobedience. Uh, he can use partial your obedience to still do something great in your life. You just got to be willing to say, Lord, I don't feel like it. My body's worn out. I'm tired. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm just going to throw a net in and you go ahead and work what you need to work in it. Amen. Amen. And we see Peter's partial obedience. God still granted a multitude of fish. So don't say, well, just because he didn't do it all the way, it was total disobedience. No. Because God still used what he gave. 
God can still use what you give. Amen. You may, you may not feel like it, and sometimes you don't. But God, you say, Lord, I, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do something for you. Something. Amen. And that's our problem. We don't, we don't throw anything out for God. We don't do anything for God. When God calls us, we don't give. We don't give. We just, we just sit down and say, I'm through. But even though Peter threw the net out, God blessed it, we see the successful catch in verse 6. And when they had done this, they were enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Now the Bible didn't say they caught a fish. The Bible didn't say they caught two fishes. The Bible said they caught a great multitude of fishes. Then we see the stress on the net. It said they break. I imagine about the time Peter was uh, wishing he had thrown all his nets out. He's seen what God can do with one net. He's, I imagine he said, man, if I'd have just been obedient and threw everyone I had out there, there's no telling what I'd have had today. But yet he still threw something out. Now I've read commentary after commentary. They say, well, the nets did not really break. They were at the point of breaking. Now, I'm just a simple-minded man. <laughs> I, I don't try to dig into a lot of things. When the Bible says the net break, the net break, <laughs> I'm just going to live it at that. I'm not going to try to say, well, they were at the point they were going to snap. They had a lot of stress. They were stretching out. And the Bible says the net break. I don't know where all these commentaries are. I don't know how smart they think they are, but trying to uh, read into the Word of God a word and, and try to change it to what they want it to be. But the Bible said the net break. Mm, that case closed. It wasn't about to break. It wasn't beginning to break. It broke. Can the Lord take your brokenness tonight and mend it tonight? He can take everything that you got is broken and mended tonight. He can still do a miracle with you tonight. There was another miracle here in verse 7. And then he beckoned unto the partners, which were in the other ships, that they would come and help them. And these, these sure wasn't free will Baptists. Because when they called, they came. They got support from others. They sought others to help them, to join in with them. And they said, hey, we got so many fishes over here that we're beginning to sink. Won't you come over and help us? You know, they didn't sit on the other ship. Now, let me just say this. This is where I have a lot of problem with Christian people. Just because we don't believe the same way the church down the road believes doesn't mean we ain't all going to heaven. Yep. I, I'm not going to argue some points that you really don't need to be argued about. You know. Now, I will stand on this, and if you don't like it, run me out of town. I don't care. <laughs> I don't like Halloween. And I certainly don't believe in trunk or treat. But does that mean that a church that does that, I'm not supposed to fellowship with them because everything else they do is right? 
That's the problem is, you know, with time and times where he says, hey, we got something going over here. I, I could use a little help. Well, what's, what's your view on the uh, uh, sons of God in Genesis chapter 6? Okay, yeah, all right. They, they want to inquire on what you believe. Now, I'm not going to tell on this, but I know that we've had a revival here before, and I got called. They says, what do you believe in? I say, well, it's not what I believe in, it's who I believe in. Amen. Amen. We're not all going to be the same. I'm going to say, even in within our own denominations, we don't agree on everything. But at least when somebody needs help, uh, that you can put aside all the things uh, and say, I'm going to help a brother, I'm going to help a sister. That's what we want to do. Help each other, amen. That's what makes us what we are, a child of God. I'm going to help those who need help. But if, if you can't tell me who you stand on, are you Jesus only? Jesus only? Well, that throw away the, the trinity of God, doesn't it? Jesus only. They, we, we, but they called, they, they sought help, and they came and helped them. And then it said, hey, they'd done so good uh, that both ships start to sink. Now, it, it didn't say boats. It's a different from a boat and a ship. There's a difference. Some of y'all might have a boat at home. That's a boat. One of the little genies. <laughs> no, these had sails on. These some big boys. These some big ones. And two of them, they were about to sink. When you lend a hand, get this, when, you, when they call for help and they start helping and they come and help, God not only blessed them, but God turned around and started blessing them. Both ships are filled to the point they both about to sink. When a church calls us, I need help, God will start helping them. God will start blessing them. But if you get out and help them, God might start blessing you in our Amen. church. Amen. Sons of God in Genesis chapter 6. You can't even tell me who the sons of God's in Genesis chapter 6. I'm telling you, we got some problem with people today. But there comes a time that we got to draw a line. You need to stand on your convictions and your standards. I will not compromise my standards. I will not compromise convictions. But I will help you to do what you need to do. But if it goes against the word of God, I'll draw the line. I'll draw the line. They sought help. And help came. They filled both ships. Then we see Peter, when he saw all this go about, he knew that he was broken. He knew his weakened faith. He found it, fell at Jesus' knees and said, Depart me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. That, that is a response of a man that has seen the power of God. He's seen it in his brokenness, he's seen it in his partial obedience. He saw God do great miracles. And all he could do was step back and said, God, I'm not worthy. 
I'm not worthy. If you ever really get broken and God does something powerful in your life, all you can do is step back and say, God, I'm not worthy. All I can say, glory to be God. It's not me. It's not my ability. That's just God being God. Then we see their submission, verse 11. And when they had brought the ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now they're singing, I've surrendered all. I've surrendered all. Peter in chapter, verse 5 was singing, I've surrendered one. I've surrendered one. When they got, saw God show up and do what he did, they said, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to serve him. Yep. Maybe you are tired and worn out and broken tonight. Can't you just give him one net? Can't you just give him one net? If we can just give him one net and say, Lord, I, I'd like to see what you can do with one net tonight. I'm just going to throw one net out tonight. I'm worn out. I'm tired. But I'm going to give you something. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to do something for you, Lord. You know, that's where we had a lot of times we just get too worn out to do anything for God. But tonight, let's say, let's say this. Let's, let's say, you know, Lord, I want to do something for you. I want to do something for you. Even if it's just being partial obedience, Lord, I want you to take that and do something with it then maybe you'll say I will surrender all I will surrender all don't quit don't give up just trust in the Lord tonight start with one and see what it do because he can restore he can mend if you just give him something tonight amen